0: This is is another one of those texts that if you heard anything from the Bible at all, if you're not a Bible reader, you would kind of have a few inklings about it. You would have heard it in a few places. We call it the Beatitudes, which is just the Latin word for blessing. And we've heard it over and over again. And it's easy for us, particularly in the Christian church, to take this reading As a set of instructions. So make sure that if you act meekly, you can ensure and or if you ensure that you are making peace. And then if you're doing those things, you will receive some kinds of blessings. It's a world of transaction that we're kind of used to. If I have $100 you will pay, you will, and you run a gas station or a petrol station, you'll give me $100 worth of fuel. If I've got $50, you'll only give me $50 worth of fuel. That's how we run our culture. If I'm nice to you, then you'll be nice to me. It's give and take. There's no such thing as a free lunch. No, that's the way our whole culture works. We transact everything, all of our relationships. But it's not true of the New Testament. We read it that way so often because we're kind of in the habit of doing so, so we kind of just do it. But it's not really the message of Jesus. And one of the reasons why Jesus comes across as so offensive at the time of his life to the people around him was they lived in the same kind of culture as we do different kinds of transactions, but the world was a transactional place. And Jesus seemed either too oblivious or perhaps too dumb or too something to acknowledge that. He kept crossing the ordinary cultural norms, all the boundaries, all the time. He ate with the wrong people. He healed the wrong people at the wrong time. He spoke with people who hadn't earned the right to be spoken to. This is often referred to by scholars as the offence of the gospel. And the first writings we have in the New Testament from the writings of Paul underline this all the time. In Romans, Paul said, while we were still in the act of disobedience, of sinning, in that moment, Christ came and died for us. He said that the the work of the gospel, the story of it, is so strange that if you tell it to Jewish people, as he was doing, they will see it as offensive, as a stumbling block. It's just so ridiculous that someone could live this way and call others to do the same, just doesn't make sense. And he said, if you tell this story to non-Jews, the rest of us, Gentiles, as Paul did, then it just looks like foolishness because the world is built on transaction. It's built on building up a sense of virtue and sharing it with each other in the normal way of things. And the good news is all about total and complete forgiveness and freedom, unearned. It's foolishness. It doesn't make sense. Paul understood this, and all the way through his writings, you can see him grappling with this, which is why he says in Galatians, now, in this new way of understanding the world, in this new experience, in this epiphany that I and others have had, in this world, there are now no more Jew or Greek, or Jew or Gentile. There's no more that huge division that established what it meant to be a Jew, which is separated, from, separated out from everyone else. A fundamental, foundational thing in culture. That's all gone. So is the foundational cultural identifier of slave or free, an, an entire economy built around slavery. That's all gone too. Even more than that, one of the most foundational and fundamental things that we felt is true about the world is that there's a, such a difference between women and men that they should be treated differently and different access to the world's goods. That's gone too. The good news is good news because it's free, unearned, unasked for. It's grace. When John the Baptist said to people, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, it can sound like a command to get your act together, to shape up. It can sound like the hour of doom is at hand, so you better do something. But we know that the word repent means turn around. So maybe what John was saying was much more like, look at the world around you. Wake up For my birthday in December, a friend of mine um, took me on a, a catamaran up and down the, uh, the shore of just out of Holfast bay and, and, and a sunset cruise with a few friends. It was really lovely, but you know there 's lots of people on this boat there 's probably fifty people, and most of them i didn 't know and anyway, there was a group over here, and the sun was going down, it was a beautiful day it was calm and. It was perfect. And the sun was going down. But there's a bunch of people over here drinking, as, as we were doing, but they weren't looking at the sunset. And I looked at them and I thought, you're, you're missing out. All you've got to do is turn around. It's beautiful. I didn't, you know, say that because I didn't want to be offended or upset. And I, but I thought, what? You missed it. You know, how many of these are you going to get in your life? Not very many, it turns out. It's pretty short. And I reckon that's what John is saying is, repent, in other words, turn around. See what is there. It's going to happen anyway. The sun set, whether these people were looking or not. The benefits that the night brings were coming for them. The cooling breezes and all of those sorts of things. They were going to get it anyway. But the, what have they missed out on in the in-between? John is saying the kingdom is here, look around. Look around. Now, we're going to say all of that before we get to the Beatitudes because we're so used, I think, to this idea of transaction. So we want to read the Beatitudes as you should do this, you should do that, you should do that, and then if you're very fortunate and you do it well enough, you'll get this. There's a different truth here. In the Beatitudes, in these sayings of Jesus, We've termed them blessings, and that's how we get beatitude. But many scholars suggest that we might be better not interpreting it as as blessing or as happy, as some of the translations do, but maybe as honourable, which is not something we talk much about in our culture. But it would have been very important in the time of Jesus to have something be a, a person be honourable is to have an innate sense of the value and worth that is worth honoring. If we say something is edible, we are saying that you can trust that it will be good for you or at least won't do you any harm. That it's, and it's not edible in a surface level, it's just deeply edible, it's like the whole of it is. You can't just eat one bit and the other bit isn't. It's just innate in itself. To be edible is to be innately goodness food. And to be honourable is the same thing. It's not something you do, it's something deeply in who you are. So the Beatitudes saying honoured, to be honoured or honourable are the... Well, we know the answer to that. It's obviously going to be the rich, the clever, the successful because that's the way our whole culture works. Recently... um, a famous basketballer and since i don't follow this sport i can't tell you his name Kobe, somebody right he died very tragically in a, in a helicopter accident and now my newsfeed and on my internet is full of stuff about him and that's not wrong and he may i didn't read any of them and he may have been a wonderful person and i'm sure he was and, and i think his daughter died as well and that was tragic and, and other people but that's our culture is built around these important people these clever people, these successful people, rich people, honourable people. This is the offence of the gospel. Because the first thing Jesus says is to be honoured or honourable are the poor in spirit. To be poor in spirit is to be hopeless, is to feel that there is no hope. That there's nothing that can be done to make the world a better place or to make my life better to be poor in spirit is to lack a sense of spirit we would i think call it today depression which so many of us suffer from some of us it's so debilitating that the idea of getting out of bed in the morning and being able to put a few clothes on and turn up at something is the most difficult thing ever we have people who come to appointments uh, for emergency relief in Hope's Café. And the fact that they got there roughly on time, with roughly the right bit of paper they needed in order to process some of the things we were able to help them with, itself deserves a medal because life is so hard. And Some of us in this congregation, depression is, the, is a constant companion. These people, those of us who suffer, are honourable. According to Jesus. But people with depression, they can barely manage to do the normal things of the day. It's a real struggle. What are they contributing? Or well, what about the next one? To be honoured, honourable are people who mourn. If you've mourned deeply, you're useless. You're really, you're just useless to other people because you're so deep in the pain of your mourning. And you should be because some someone wonderful in your life has been lost to you. But you're of not much use. Many of you know my dad, he spent two years in such a dark place where my mum died. He functioned, you know, he did the things he had to do. But he wasn't as present as he often is in in his life. And after two years or so, he began to change in his way of thinking. And those of us who loved him, as you always would, we were there with him and for him and didn't expect that he would jump up and do wonderful things. We just were there with him. And over the years, he's managed to reshape his life in a way that makes sense, and the works of him. He's still mourning, of course he is. We all are for people we love and lost. But to be honoured are people who mourn. People who actually aren't doing anything useful in the community because they're in pain. They're to be honoured. Get start to get a sense of how upsetting this man was for saying these kinds of things. To be honoured of a meek. To be meek at least, there's lots of different ways of thinking about it, but at least it's to be acknowledging the world is an extraordinarily complicated and difficult place. It's big and I'm small. I don't understand how it works. I don't know how to fix it. I don't even know how to fix myself. I can't even stick to a diet. To be meek is to recognise that and to acknowledge it and to live with it. Not like our politicians want to do for us, which is to tell us that it can all be good and fixed and easy. We will, according to our Prime Minister, reach our Paris targets on climate uh, emissions at a canter. We know it's rubbish. We know that he knows it's rubbish because he's not an idiot, but this is the system we've built up that he feels that he's required to tell us this. Or that someone like Greta Thunberg can tell us the truth about climate change from the perspective of a 16-year-old woman. And we have mostly men, old men, telling her not to frighten the children, to be realistic because it's going to be okay. because, well, it's going to be okay. because it's going to be OK. The meek are those who go, no, I think I know what's really going on. And if you talk to any children that you know, the fear of climate change, particularly at the moment, with so many bushfires happening across the country, they're really frightened. They're really uncertain. Because while we're all dead, or most of us, um, they'll still be going into a world that we don't understand. To be honoured are the people who see it the way it is and who are frightened and who say they're frightened. They're supposed to be honoured. We're used to honouring the people who are hairy-chested and stand up and say, we'll do this and we'll do that. We're supposed to be Boris Johnson. All we need to do is leave the EU and everything will be wonderful. That's the sort of people we're supposed to honour not according to Jesus the meek who may on a good day when they don't have a headache feel like they're trusting God and other days not so much the meek are to be on it and those who hunger and thirst for righteousness or justice they are to be on it not the ones who are doing anything just the ones who are hungry. If you're hungry, you're just hungry. You're lacking something. You're lacking justice. If you're thirsty, you're lacking it. They're the ones to be honoured just for being alive and for knowing the world should be different to this. So the young families still on Christmas Island uh, who uh, should be back with the people that they know and love in Bilawila in Queensland, we know... That that's wrong we know that is no way to treat human beings no way to treat children no way to treat a family those of us who are hungry and thirsty and if you're hungry nothing fixes hunger except eating something as you can tell i'm not a doctor nothing fixes thirst except drinking something you, the only thing that will fix this is the justice to be done so in the case of that little family who have dropped of course off the news again in the case of that little family, that hunger and thirst is in the hearts of the people of Bilawila, the little town in Queensland, where they have been living, and that's never going to go away unless justice is done. To be honoured are the people who experience that every day. It's sometimes the the injustice of the world can be debilitating for people. Those people are to be honoured. It's a different kind of world. These people are to be honoured. These people who, according to all of this, doesn't, don't seem to have done much in the world. They're not out there fixing things and they're organising things and doing things. Maybe they will, maybe they do, but that's not what's why they're being honoured. They're being honoured for that, the heart of what they're experiencing of the world. That's why the offence of the gospel finally comes down to that bizarre event at the very end of the Gospels that the Gospels keep on telling us about, which is the crucifixion of a criminal. Somebody who clearly broken the law of Rome and clearly should be done to death as a criminal. Now, whether he did or whether he didn't, whether he was stitched up or whether he all of that is in there. And it still leads to the end of this terrible event a stumbling block. To Jews and just insanity and foolishness to non-Jews well you'll be pleased to know we're not going to do the rest of the Beatitudes because otherwise we'll be here all morning and anyway the rest of them there's like eight basically and the first eight are about what is inside people and the the last eight uh, the first four sorry and the last four are about the doing things so we might have a go at that next week So as they say on TV, stay tuned.